Hello and welcome. You are listening to Gay with God, a safe place for us to share our stories and support one another. How long did we know? What challenges did we face? Did we lose our faith? When did we find our way back home? Are we still searching? The stories you hear in this podcast will melt your heart and can strengthen your belief that in God, all things are possible. And you can be authentically gay with God. I am your host, Midge Noble, and I am very honored that you are here. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Gay With God podcast. I'm so excited to have you here, and I hope that I have you here for quite a while because we are uh, streaming from not only Guatemala with my dear friend Jeremy, but I am at the beloved Corgi Haven Lane in the middle of a snowstorm. So (laughs) we have blessed the Wi-Fi and the computer, and we're feeling very centered and ready to have this conversation. So um, I just want to continue to thank you guys for downloading the podcast, sharing the podcast. And I'm also extremely thankful for Jeremy to come on as a guest at the last minute because I've been wanting to get him here and I finally found him <laughs> not doing anything else. <laughs> so I got him <laughs> on the podcast. So Jeremy, thank you so much for coming. And uh, tell everybody in uh, the Gay With God community a little bit about yourself. Thank you so much for having me. I, um, I've had the privilege of knowing Mitch since I was a little kid. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, my mom and future stepdad worked with uh, Sue for a while, and we mm-hmm. got the ple- pleasure of meeting you and knowing you. And uh, so Mitch has been a, a huge part of my life for a very long time, and I'm very grateful for her and grateful for you having me uh, on your show today. Oh, you it are has so been a welcome. long time coming. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I grew up in uh, rural North Carolina in Asheboro. Um, and I, I consider myself a recovering Baptist at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I was <laughs> a couple of problems along the way with a couple of Baptist churches there in Asheboro, but mm-hmm. um, we've uh, healed from those. And uh, yeah, life yeah. is good. Life is good. And you're in Guatemala. Which is, I, I just I love that you, you went to Guatemala. That was something that you were passionate about and you, you just never said no to all the naysayers. And I was so proud of you. You just kept going and, and you made it happen. So, and I'm looking at a yes. beautiful, beautiful home right now in Guatemala. So awesome. So that's wonderful. Yes. I, uh, the first time I came here, I made myself a promise that I would come back as often as possible and stay as long as possible each time. And I ended up having the honor and privilege of being locked down here during COVID. And uh, <laughs> I had to have, I had to go back to the States a few times this, in uh, 2021 mm-hmm. to, to work, but uh, mm-hmm. I, I still fulfill that promise for myself to be in this paradise, this, this heaven. that uh, It's one of the most beautiful lakes in the world. Mm-hmm. It, it is gorgeous. by volcanoes. Like, I just, I just, it's just uh, I have to pinch myself every morning when I wake up to, <laughs> to live here and be here. Yeah. If, if anybody needs to, to be centered, uh, this is the place to go. <laughs> this is the place to go. <laughs> this, this place truly did change my life and mm-hmm. my perspective on a lot of things. Uh, you know, getting here the first time was a, a journey and uh, it's a, something I almost cheated myself out of a few times. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a life-changing experience to be here and, and eventually to live here. Yeah, that is awesome, honey. I'm so, I'm so, so happy for you. So happy for you. So let's go ahead. As, we have as, to get you down here. Oh, oh, well, <laughs> I would love that. Um, and that's a, that will be another journey. So we'll see. Say how that we can again. Figure that I said, I would love that. And we'll see yes. how we can make that happen one day. Um, so uh, as long as we have Wi-Fi, let's get right into it. Because I know that we're stuttering a little bit to our ears, hopefully not to anybody <laughs> <Yes>. else's, but <laughs> so Tell us your your coming out faith journey story, wherever you want to start. Go ahead. I think coming out has has been a a lifelong process and still continues to be so, you know, when you meet new Mm -hmm. people and, you know, when they eventually learn this aspect about who I am, it's, you know, sometimes I felt 
I found most of these conversations in my life have been very positive. There were a few in the the very beginning that were kind of uh, rough. It was a rough start. Um, mm-hmm. The first family member I ever came out to was my twin sister. And uh, mm-hmm. it went so horribly wrong that I think it was another six or seven years before I ever had the conversation with my mom. Um, oh, wow. So that yeah. was tough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I think that when family, especially, you know, brothers and sisters can't um, embrace that information, it's tough. But I'm wondering, you know, with being a twin, we always hear how connected you guys are and, and you know, how twins know stuff and have deep feelings. Uh, did, did your sister ever have an inkling? Did she ever, or was it a total shock to her? It was a shock. In fact, uh, I'll never forget the words she said. Uh, we were up in the mountains at my stepbrother's wedding rehearsal dinner. And I told her after that dinner that night, and she looked at me, she said, well, that's the last thing I ever expected you to tell me. And we burst into tears and kind of separated our ways that night. And uh, oh. it was a really tough moment. Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. I thought she would have known. But mm-hmm. yeah, didn't. yeah. <clears throat> And has that relationship been repaired at all? Um, somewhat, yes. She's, mm-hmm. I think, still got a long way to go in, in mm-hmm. her acceptance. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I hate that because I know that you guys were always close when you were little. Um, at least it mm-hmm. seemed to be, you know, from the outside looking in. <laughs> but no one ever <laughs> right. knows what really happens behind closed doors. But um, and I hate that. And I know that you were terrified to tell your mother. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we talked about that many times about you coming out to your mom. Yes. And it was just such a hard, hard journey for you. What was the biggest fear with that coming out to your mom? Um, <clears throat> losing her. Um, mm. I don't know why that was even it was, it's not a rational fear. It's just a, a fear that I had about going through that process and, mm-hmm. you know, and her being it. But um i you know you and i had a conversation in walmart in ashboro one time when i was in college (laughs) you know instinctively that moms always know and i specifically asked you if you know does she have a clue and um, you indicated that you know she had asked a few questions uh, Mm -hmm. along the way so you know she she continued to ask questions and and she's friends with a, a lot of other couples who have uh you know, children in our community. And um, so it's, she's built a, a nice network of support for herself. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good. Yeah. And, you know, I think, I don't know how, how much it might've helped or hurt, but, you know, it took, it took me a while to come out to myself. So when she knew me and oh, Sue, yeah. and it was always Midge and Sue, you know, once I moved to Asheboro, but it wasn't Midge and Sue um, always together in the beginning right. yeah, when she knew me. Um, so, mm-hmm. and, but yeah, I think her knowing so many of us from, from Randolph County mental <laughs> health, it was like a plethora of children there that, yes. <laughs> that were in various coming out stages. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> she had had plenty of practice. That's right. We went through it together. <laughs> if you need tolerance, baby, just, well, and it's so funny that I went to Berkshire Christian College in Massachusetts, mm. and now that I'm out of there, you know, all of these people, a guy I dated included, uh, we were all gay, not every person at Berkshire Christian College, but there was a <laughs> lot of us, but now that we're out yes. and we're, you know, in our adult lives and, and really settled, um, it's amazing how many of us were gay, uh, and I'm just amazed. The, the thing is, though, that like when you talk about coming through the Baptist church and getting wounded, you know, how that, how that can change the trajectory of what we do with our life. Because when I started out, I really mm-hmm. did feel called to a ministry. I felt called to even, you know, mission work. Or at one point I was going to be a nun, but I was told by my grandfather I'd go to hell because Catholics are going to hell. So I'm like, oh, well, <laughs> that's new. <laughs> but I wonder if I would have. <laughs> I just wonder. If we Say that again, Jeremy. You're muted, hon. Oh, I okay. said, I just want. I just wonder who all um, 
he was driving the bus for all of us who were going to hell. At this point. Know, right? <laughs> That's a very good question. But yeah, you know, what would what would our paths have been if we had been able to stay in the church and felt you know supported and affirmed from the church's perspective? You know, how many of us would have gone into direct ministry? I feel like I've always been in ministry with the counseling I've done. I, I see that as a ministry, but. Um, you know, that is not what the path was going to be for me that I thought it was going to be. I could have been wrong, but um, it's interesting. So do you ever think about if you had stayed in the church and been embraced by the church, would your life have been any different? Did you have goals or aspirations that the church squashed for you? I, I think so. I think, you know, you and I both have this inner calling to, to be some kind of spiritual leader and, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, the spiritual leaders that I experienced uh, in the church were, were never people I aspired to be. Uh, mm-hmm. I saw them hurt people. And um, it was just, it, I knew there was something I wanted to be. I just knew it wasn't that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I finally did have a, an amazing minister after I graduated from college and moved to uh, Northern Virginia, right outside of DC. I had a, a beautiful lesbian minister who was, um, she was the first spiritual leader, you know, I'd ever been affiliated with. And uh, I learned a lot from her and I continue to do so. Um, you know, and uh, yeah, I think I, it's an interesting, I've never thought about being a minister in the church, but, you know, leaning into to what a spiritual leader or advisor or, you know, uh, a way shore is, you know, mm-hmm. Being a way shore is one of the many spiritual gifts of of the people in the in our community in the LGBTQ community, and uh, uh, it's it's an honor, it's an honorable gift to to have and and to to at least attempt to to try to fulfill. Yeah, it's yeah, an ongoing uh, journey. It is because you know the, the word hypocrisy comes into my vocabulary when I think of it for myself that. You know, I struggled so much to own my sexuality, but I also struggled with my relationship with God and never quite understanding how it could all work and why there was so condem- so much condemnation uh, towards certain individuals mm-hmm. or certain groups. And, um, and so now that I feel like I'm right in the precipice of having my spiritual, um, awake, not awakening, but that it's all coming together. You know, I've been able to get myself you know, back into the church, back into a speaking relationship with God, trying to blend all my doubts and fears, you know, and then I feel like a hypocrite because, you know, I'm not all there, (laughs) but I talked to mother Julie the other day and she said, well, why do you think you're supposed to be there? (laughs) I said, well, where is there? (laughs) Where is there? And, (laughs) And it was a beautiful question because I put a lot of pressure on myself to do that, to be if I'm going to lead, then I need to know what the heck I'm talking about. And I still have so many questions and doubts, but apparently, according to Mother Julie and many other people I've talked to, I don't have to be perfect. Go figure. Really? <laughs> what? <laughs> Shocking. That's, that's heresy. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, no, think, that- I think, you know, doing what you doing what you do and providing a safe space for people to ask questions mm-hmm. and to, um, you know, be authentic. Um, mm-hmm. it, it is perfect in its own mm-hmm. way. Yeah. Yeah. You've always and, had a gift of being able to do that. Oh, thank you, sweetie. Um, I, I appreciate that. And, and see, I think you're gifted too. And that's why I asked that question about, would you have done something different? Because, you know, I, I think that, that that inclination that you have to be a listener and to be, I mean, you're so gentle when, when someone's talking to you, I mean, you're thoughtful and you're gentle and you have this aura about you, although I can't see auras, but that would be so cool if I could. Um, <laughs> you have this feeling of the aura around you <laughs> that is peaceful and gentle and kind. And um, that's welcoming. You know, when you're talking about, you know, leading and, and being a spiritual person, that's so welcoming. People are drawn to you in a way that um, invites the conversation and there's there's no judgment. And so that's just perfect. Um, so in in this coming out faith journey story, where do you land with that? Like you've got 
the, the beginning of I'm in church and, and did you buy into the church in the beginning when you were little, because that's what everybody was saying was right. I mean, how, how much did you oh, have course. a relationship with God? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was a lot of based, you know, avoiding hellfire um, at the end of this life. <laughs> yeah. you know, it was, yeah. um, <laughs> but, uh, and, you know, I, I think we all have this innate ability to, to be with God and, and uh, communicate with, with mm-hmm. our creator with, with or without mm-hmm. the assistance of, of other people. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. we do need um, assistance and teaching and learning of, uh, of how to do it properly. And, you know, in a, uh, in a way that honors yourself and, you know, and mm-hmm. God. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, we, we do have to learn how to do that at some point. Um, but, it's not always required. You don't need another being or, or presence to, to provide that connection. And, um, you know, a lot of times we were taught that, that it is, uh, as I began my, you know, figuring out that I think I've always known that I was attracted to men. Um, mm-hmm. but I, I never associated that with being gay as a child because that meant, you know, going to hell and who who knows what else you know and mm-hmm. it was a message that you received from from church from school from boy scouts from family from friends you know it was it was never ending this negative connotation about mm-hmm. you know what i think i am is this horrible thing mm-hmm. uh, and you know when i began college and i was surrounded by people who were affirming and you know warm and you know with and accepting and affirming toward gay and lesbian people uh, and trans people um it was eye-opening i'd never mm-hmm. had that in my life and it really fostered an environment to to be able to accept who i am and you know eventually start talking about it with with people who i know um would be okay with it and would would hug me and you know, gently lead me along the way. It was definitely life changing. Mm-hmm. And at, yeah. at that point in time, I had joined a very conservative Christian uh, group in college, and I gave a couple of them a chance to, you know, to come out to them. And uh, you know, some of them conversations went well, some of them didn't, and. Uh, I just kind of faded away from that group without mm-hmm. giving a lot of them the chance to accept me or not. It's just something that I didn't want to go through at that time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when you get a glimmer of what it can be and you can see from people who can embrace you, then, you know, going back is hard, you know, <laughs> right. cause, cause then you, you get in that conflict of why, you know, why am I going to take the abuse? I can't change their mm-hmm. mind, you know, not at that time. Um, and I think minds have changed a lot more over time, but you know, there's still, there's still some sticky wickets out there. And, you know, even with the political basis, you know, it's like we have rights, we don't have rights. And it just depends on who's in the office, you know? So, um, so we're not there yet, you know, we're not there yet. And, and I don't believe yet that all churches will, will maybe understand that before, you know, a very long time because they're, they're entrenched in their own fear yeah, of hellfire and they don't know how to embrace us and embrace mm-hmm. the knowledge they were given, whether it was right or wrong, which we now believe is more wrong than right, but <laughs> they can't, they can't switch right. that in their brain to be accepting of us and still think they're free from hellfire. Right. Yeah. So when you think of God now, what, what kind of mm-hmm. image or of God do you have? Um, I feel like I experience God every time I look at this beautiful lake, you know, there's mm-hmm. no other, you know, way of, of creation, you know, other than something beyond us that was yes. able to do this you know this yeah. this, this lake used to be uh, a, a super volcano that exploded 80,000 years ago and created a crater lake and uh, you know the destruction was um 
was un- unimaginable. Mm-hmm. You know, there was smoke that reached all the way to the United States. That's how big oh, this wow. thing was. And um, so I don't know, like I, I've heard people call this place the belly button of the earth. And uh, <laughs> I feel very <laughs> nourished and loved living in the belly button of the earth. <laughs> I love that term. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, I agree with you. I agree with you that I, I could never put rocks clacking together to be, create all of this. The Big Bang Theory never really set well with me. Um, but I speak often on this podcast about how the, the God of our understanding, whoever he or she may be, um, I have a problem with the beginning and the end. Like, okay, you know, so you have the chicken and you have the egg. That's great. So what came first, the egg? And then here comes the chicken or did we get the chicken created and then the eggs keep them going? So then who are God's people? (laughs) And I know I still sound four years old, but (laughs) four or five or however old it was. But I still love, I would love to know, but I don't think I need to know in the same way that I used to need to know. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with the uh, four-year-old mentality. I have a good friend who encourages people to live their lives as if they're four. <laughs> so. I'm there every day. <laughs> Tell your friend that I have embraced my inner child. <laughs> it's very important. Yes, I, I find her quite amusing and just delightful and other people don't understand her. <laughs> Which is fine. It's all fine. <laughs> So, so how do you, how do you, I know that just being in that place, you, you can feel nurtured, but how do you, how do you nurture that relationship with God now where before it was like, you have to be in church and you have to read the scriptures and you have to not sin and but da, 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 da. So what is that relationship like with you and God now? And how do you nurture it? Uh, for me, it's, it's finding ways to connect, um, you know, whether it be a walk uh, through the mountains here or, you know, through fire. Um, we have many beautiful ways to connect and, and, you know, figuring out what is the best way for you to do that is, is I think an individual one that we each have. Mm-hmm. I love that you said that because our faith journeys can't be the same because we're Absolutely. so different. So, you know, someone challenged me one time that I, I used, um, the title for this podcast was gay with God. And they said, don't you think that's limiting? Not everybody believes in a God. And I said, well, I couldn't say the word God for a long time. because <laughs> I had such right. a negative connotation. Um, and so part of my empowerment journey was to be able to, to not fear that word and to not have such a repulsive um, feeling. I mean, just a visceral right. feeling against that word. And as I came through that journey of reclaiming that word, um, not that I have to use it every time because I really liked using creator of all that is because it fit me. Uh, but I just right. didn't want that to be a block for me. And so I decided gay with God had to be the podcast because, you know, <laughs> gay with creator of all that is, it's really lengthy. <laughs> <laughs> Plus it was, it was like an affirming for me. You know, it was an affirmation that I could finally say the word and not feel like puking or, or getting yeah. angry. And, and so it is a journey. That, that's another important aspect of our journey is to, you know, look at the fears and, and the disgusts that we have mm-hmm. and explore that. Like, why do I feel this way about this mm-hmm. thing and dive mm-hmm. into that and, and, you know, on some level uh, achieve peace with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because the truth is God is not, it's just a label for this thing. You know, it doesn't matter yeah. what we call it, him or her. Yeah, um, it's just they're all labels. Yes, yes, and they're they're labels that were given. I think by, you know, I know that Jesus referred to God the Father, but we're also learning. And you know, if you ever, um, Richard Rohr is an amazing um, bishop and and spiritual leader, and he talks a lot about the um, mother image of God and the creation and how you know that the mother part of God is not well known because it was a man's world back in the day still is and (laughs) in many ways yes many ways (laughs) um 
but you know, that, that image of God, now that I've opened and expanded that to, to include a, a mother image has just been very healing for me. And so, you know, now I'll often say, you know, <laughs> you know, I'll pray to mother, father, God, um, and just yeah. be inclusive because, you know, they, maybe we should start calling God. They, you know, it's been talked, <laughs> it's been talked about <laughs> to, to not necessarily put a, a label on God as a male or female, but I do love the energy of the you know, I love the energy of the moon and I love the energy of mother mm-hmm. earth. And when I think about mother earth being created by a mother, father, God, that just makes sense to me, you know? So, of course, so I, I like that, that we just all blend, you know, where we've come from and where we're going and we can keep it um, individualized that we don't have mm-hmm. to do it like anybody else. Although they try to put us mm-hmm. in the clicks of the church and all that kind of stuff, but you know. <laughs> It doesn't yes. have to be that way. <laughs> it does not. Yeah. It's it's interesting. There are uh, a lot of Catholic churches here from when the Spanish uh, invaded and colonized this area. I, I'll go and visit them because they're beautiful places. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when I'm there, you'll see people just scooting up and down the aisle on their knees. and They just create this suffering for themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, and I... And you can only assume why you know they're doing this. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, there's just there is a lot of suffering that that's represented in the church for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's you know that that's unfortunate too because the community. What I love about it is the community, and that you have people that are supporting mm-hmm. if if you get in the right situation of course, but you have people that will support you on your faith journey and that can be there as an ally to you. And not just if you're gay, but just as a person, you know, whether you're gay or straight or trans or that, that you would be supported in your questions and your doubts and your fears. And, you know, I had tried several churches before and had been totally, um, you know, it, it wasn't a good experience um, after I'd let, well, it just wasn't. And so then when I finally found the Episcopal church by accident, and I'd lived, I'd lived in this town, you know, for so long in Asheboro. And I remember as a school counselor, I would have like a really bad day. And I remembered where that church was. And it's kind of in a little valley. It's all by itself. And it's got a Creek running by it. And it's just a beautiful little church off of mountain road. And um, I would go mm-hmm. by, I would go home that way and I would go and get in the parking lot and just park my car and sit there and deescalate for a while. Wow. And I just felt comforted by just being in that, you know, I love nature anyway, but it was a very natural, but it wasn't mm-hmm. oppressive feeling for me. Right. And, and then we were looking for the LGBTQ meetup uh, to have a place to be that was free. And I met Father Joe and was able to have a conversation with him and realized that much to my great surprise, friends of mine went to that church. <laughs> I'm like, you're doing what? Why would you go to an Because that, that just the Episcopal name made me think of just such a straight and narrow, unyielding kind of thing. Um, but the Episcopal church went through similar to what the Methodist church is going through now. They went through a big break mm-hmm. uh, over the right. LGBT community. And um this particular church came out the other side and was able to embrace, you know, that community in our community. So, yeah. So I'm not saying every person in that building believes that it's okay for me to be gay, but I'm very gay when I'm there (laughs) from, from day one, I made sure everybody (laughs) knew that I was gay. And if you were going to have a problem, you better show it to my face right now because I'll be out the door and I'm fine with that. Absolutely. Been there, done that before. <laughs> yep. I'm just going to push it in your face and, and you got to react and then I'll know who you are. And, you know, but man, they, I, I just have such a network of people who are pulling for me and, and wanting me to do well and wanting me to grow and giving me lots of opportunities to serve. And I just love it. Um, still scared of it a little bit. You know, you always wait for that other shoe to maybe fall because it's going really good. <laughs> <laughs> no, on some level, you have to learn to be uh, comfortable being uncomfortable. Otherwise, mm. we're not growing. You know? Ooh. Mm-hmm. Mm. Comfortable being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, huh? <laughs> Jeremy just. <laughs> uh huh. 
It's a scary place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is. It is a scary place. But I, I, I totally agree with you that if we're if we're too comfortable for too long, you're right, the growth stops and then we we wither. You know, we have to keep nurturing that that place in us where we're called to be more. Yeah. I've always said that as long as I'm breathing and above ground, there's a reason for me. (laughs) Yes. Living a purposeful life is uh, something that uh, it's a concept I never got from the church or growing up. It's uh, something I I didn't really explore until my late Um, Mm thirties. And, you know, just continuing to, to move, closer into that for yourself is uh, I think why each of us are here Mm, yeah yeah and I and I also feel I'll I'll ask you this question do you feel that we're here only to move ourselves through this purposeful life are we here to come together and do it I mean not necessarily live other people's lives but do you think as a community we all have to be going in that direction (laughs) definitely we um you know we are it's fine to, to focus on yourself and, you know, which also goes against <laughs> a lot of uh, particularly Christian teachings is uh, where I was taught that it's very selfish to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, you know, making sure that you are, your cup is full um, mm-hmm. is, is the only way to, to pour out for other people. I mean, mm-hmm. if, if we live a life where we're always, uh, depleted we have so much less to give um, mm-hmm. so it is important to to you know have the biggest impact you have for others and you know um, you, we can't help people who don't want to be helped but if, mm-hmm. if someone's asking for our assistance I think we do have an obligation to to help them the best that we know how mm-hmm. yeah I, I I agree with you because it's we can't just be there by ourselves. I mean, you know, yeah. the journey, the journey, if, if that was a solo journey, then it would be because we're the only person on the planet <laughs> and we were just right. here to do our own thing. <laughs> but, but I agree with you that, um, that it isn't selfish to focus on you and to get yourself right. I think that's, you know, even though the Christians, some of the Christian churches teach that, the Bible doesn't teach that because, you know, get the log out of your, that, you know, the splinter out of your log, the log in the splinter. And, and that, what that says to me is that I need to make sure that, that I am in a space where I am right with God and that I'm, I'm in a space of love and kindness and, and, and giving, and Mm -hmm. then I can help someone else. Um, Right. As well as giving myself grace. I think certain points in time, it, it can feel out of balance, you know, that mm-hmm. I'm focusing too much on myself mm-hmm. or, or I, I'm feeling depleted. But I think over time, as it does balance itself out and, you know, mm-hmm. just keeping kind of a, a check on that, um, mm-hmm. you know, finding, finding balance for ourselves and helping other people find their balance is, it's a, it's a fun thing to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, community is always better than, than being alone. I think, even though we need that solace and we need to have meditation time and we need to have time, you know, building up our own relationship with God, um, then doing it in community makes it all the sweeter because we're all in the same place, you know, at at one point. So, yeah. So, so tell us, you know, the, the listeners and tell us, how are you serving now? What are you, what are you, what lights you up now in the way of service and, and giving back to the community? Cause I know, you know, you've been gifted by so many things in your, in your journey. And uh, it's like me, it's like, I'm a professional hummingbird. I like, <laughs> I'm over here. And then they go, Ooh, Oh, look, I can serve over here. Oh, look. <laughs> so, I have a former boss who called me a hummingbird because I was, uh, <laughs> probably undiagnosed uh, ADHD. Um, and then after uh, she fired me, I started reading a book and the, the opening page starts talking about the hummingbird and how um, uh, you know, physically speaking that the hummingbird should not be able to fly. It, you know, uh, it just, uh, it's not designed that way, but the thing is no one ever told the hummingbird. Ah. Um, 
so yeah it's yeah. Uh, so i was like oh i at that point i knew i was on the right track track and that mm-hmm. uh termination of employment was the biggest gift that anyone could have given that's right. me <laughs> that's right that's right wayne dyer said one time to a radio station he walked in to do an interview and it was a talk radio station and he walked in and everybody was like so depressed. And he was like, he was just overwhelmed with the depression in the office. And he's like, what's going on? Everybody seems, and he had been there before. So he saw the difference. Uh-huh. And someone said, well, we're, we're moving. We got bought out. And instead of being a talk radio station, we're going to you know change the format. And we're not going to be talk radio anymore. It's going to be just music. And, um, mm. <laughs> and so he talked to, he goes, Oh, he says, well, I'm glad I'm here today then, you know, to get my talk in. And, um, then he said somebody else was like really, really depressed. And so he went to talk to that person and he goes, well, I just want to congratulate you. <laughs> and the person says, what? I just got fired. I'm fired. I have nowhere to go. And he goes, well, congratulations. Why are you telling me congratulations? He says, because it, you can't go where you're intent. You're supposed to go unless you got fired. He said, apparently there's something else out there for you and you need to go do it. So congratulations. And he says later, like a year later, he ran into some of these people and somebody had written a book. Someone else started some sort of a, you know, shaman thing. And there was all of these things that people did that they never Mm. would have done because they were hanging on to that job. So, so you got fired and then you did what? (laughs) Oh Lord. I, um, I struggled for a very long time. Okay. (laughs) Um, but I, I, I started, you know, um, I, I said a prayer one day. I, I knew I needed direction. And uh, I was walking my little dog and I looked up to the sky. I'm like, I need direction. And at that point in time, the direction came in the uh, form of working with a, a life coach um, who opens so many doors. I, it was such a scary investment. I had never spent, you know, so much money on myself, especially at a time right after losing my job. Mm-hmm. And financially, it made zero sense whatsoever. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I got connected with uh, healers of different sorts. Um, just the number of connections that it, that opened up for me, um, the ability to come to this magnificent place where I live mm-hmm. now you know, came came out of that process. Um, it's just it's just been such a beautiful journey. Um, you mm-hmm. know, asking for direction, and then when the direction comes, taking the responsibility to realizing mm-hmm. it and accepting it as as scary as it is for mm-hmm. me was uh, was it, it was truly life changing. Um, you know, one of the things I one of the people I connected with was uh, she, it sounds kind of woo woo, but she reads uh, people's palms. I had to uh-huh. print my palm print and mail it to her. And she comes back, you know, with this multi-page report of, you know, what, what is in my hand, my, my lifeline. Um, the term uh, spiritual leader of uh, inner peace came up you know, and I was like, well, what does that mean? How do I find that for myself? And how do I help other people do that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we all have different tools along the way that, you know, we use and uh, sometimes we outgrow those things and, and don't do them anymore. But once in a while, the opportunity comes up to reconnect with those modalities. And mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's been fun to, to learn new ways of um, helping myself and, and other people along the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. I love that story. And I think you're right that, you know, you being a spiritual leader of inner peace. I mean, that goes back to what I said earlier in the podcast is that you just radiate that, you know, whether you do it formally and you have a shingle that you put out and say, Hey, I'm a spiritual leader of inner peace. Come on in. (laughs) I mean, but but I haven't used that term in a long time, actually. (laughs) But it's awesome. That's awesome that, that that's what you radiate, you know, that, that, that is your path whether you do it professionally or whether you do it because that's who you are on this planet. And that's awesome. Yeah. So, so what would you tell other people that like, if, if they're searching and they're trying to figure out, you know, how do I, how do I go from here to there? How do I make this authentic life of mine where I can, I radiate that I'm, I'm gay or, you know, trans or whatever I identify with, but how do I take that and and go against all the teachings of the church what would from your experience and 
and what happened with your sister and all of that, what would you say to that person? Um, one of the most important mantras that I learned along the way was um, learning, knowing, and hearing, and believing that uh, you are perfectly on your path. You know, it's not, a, life is not a destination, it's a journey. And where you are right now is, is all that matters at this moment in time. And, you know, it's perfectly fine. And, and uh, I think we have a responsibility to kind of have an idea of where we want to go and how to get mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. um, but being flexible with, with the path, you know, losing a job and going through these uh, seemingly horrific uh, events are, are scary, but they, they truly do open the pathway to, to where we are supposed to go and being mm -hmm. open. And, you know, a lot of times we let these, um, these events devastate ourselves and mm -hmm. know, whether it be a death of a loved one or anything that comes along the way, you know, learning how to gracefully move through, through this and, you know, whatever, and whatever feelings come up, allowing yourself to do that, but, you know, not letting it halt or slow down mm -hmm. um, from doing what you want to do and being mm -hmm. who you're supposed to be. Mm -hmm. even so, when yeah. you don't know what that is so knowing that you're perfectly <laughs> okay yeah it's perfectly fine yeah. not to know I mean when yeah. when I was searching for my I knew after I got fired from that hotel job that I would never work for another corporate entity in the way that that I had for so long and I knew and studied and like a, there were a bunch of no's that came before my yeses mm. um, and so you know when when an opportunity that comes up that is a hell yes for you, make sure you take that opportunity. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's very easy to, to know your nose and, and feel and, and understand your yeses. And then taking that step to pursue your yes is very mm -hmm. important. Yeah. Yeah. What did you learn in, in the worst no that you ever got? What was the lesson that you, <laughs> that you learned from that? <laughs> Um, I don't think there were any worse, uh, you know, I don't think there were any, they were all pretty, pretty gentle no's. Um, oh, okay. You know, I explored going back to graduate school to mm -hmm. you know, go further into social work and, and mm -hmm. therapy. Um, mm -hmm. but the big no for me was the red tape and uh, mm -hmm. bureaucracy that goes along with that. That was a big no mm -hmm. for me. You know, mm -hmm. I, I looked at massage therapy. Um, mm -hmm. which is a beautiful modality, but it mm -hmm. was a no for me at that time. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and it, it can be gentle or it can be a slap in the face sometimes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. For me, yeah. the yeses were much more scary because that required stepping into that. Yeah. Know, when, when the yeses did begin showing up, that was the scary part for me. It was going into these things that go against, you know, everything everyone always said that I should be doing right they just yeah. don't make sense yeah yeah like you talked about investing lots of money into a path that felt like a hell yes and everybody <laughs> in your world at that time because we talked about it, it was like everybody thinks this is a really bad idea <laughs> are you crazy yes probably <laughs> Well, I'll learning never... to be okay being called crazy is yeah. a big lesson <laughs> yeah. that's right that's right because it's just a word and it's coming out of someone else's fears yeah that's mm -hmm. the thing is that when we get a hell yes and we step into it everybody else is trying to protect us from their fears of what's going to happen right. to us instead of oh, sending yes. that energy of love and excitement and and positivity to us they're all they're all locked in their fears and they want to shut it down mm -hmm. yeah i've actually lost friends over going back to church <laughs> <laughs> i it's so funny yeah i lost friends wow. because i was trying to be gay in church and then i left church and you know did my own thing and then i when i went back to church now i'm too christian as if i wow. wasn't and and i, I you know, I'm, I'm sitting with that. I'm, you know, I said, you know, okay. And it's not a, it's not a thing where it's, you know, been paint, like it's not abusive. Nobody's been abusive about that. Right. But I can tell the shift in 
people that I've been around and mm-hmm. now they're they're <laughs> they're like going to the sidelines they're like okay we'll still kind of be in the in the big circle but we can't be in your inner circle anymore because I'm apparently saying too many um god things <laughs> oh no <laughs> so it's an interesting twist really that you know you can't back in the day I couldn't be gay and and today I, I'm not always embraced with being in a relationship with God but um, I'm okay with it in a way that I wouldn't have been probably before um, and and I understand it I understand where I was when I couldn't say the word God and where I was when I was trying to get myself back and to sit in a pew because I could right. not go in there and sit down for the longest time um, I was glad they were having mass on the grass at the Episcopal Church when it first started because it felt like I was just at a campground, you know. So I was like, "Hey, I'll just sit out there at the campground." <laughs> but I didn't want to go stepping in the stone. <laughs> but you know, it's funny one how step that, at a time. that's our one step at a time. So I, I appreciate the fact that you know, if if someone's listening to this and and your friends are going through their own journey to to identify what is, what are your fears? Like you said earlier, you know, why do I feel that way? So is it about me that I'm fearing for you? You know, am I imposing my fears on you instead of congratulating you and supporting you and, and, you know, being happy for you? Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I love what, that you said that, that we need to really dig into the fears and the disgust and find out where that's coming from for us, because we will put that onto another person when really those feelings are there for us to, to step up to a different level very quickly and it's important to to not take those things personally when you know people are projecting those fears on you and yeah because we do allow that stuff to stop us from where we want to go and yeah you know yeah yeah it's and then learn how to take it personally when when this fear or anger comes up from what the hell is midge doing going back to church you know <laughs> she's <laughs> not feeling this way <laughs> That's right. I'm not feeling this way. Why does that bother me so much? <laughs> well, you know, and I think it, we put each other in boxes so much. It's like we expect you to be this. And, and it's hard to take you out of that box and allow you to spread your wings because this is how we know you. This is how we met you. <laughs> now stay in the box. Dang it. <laughs> Don't, You're not allowed to change. <laughs> that's right. Don't change and grow. Get those butterfly wings off of you, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you think you are? <laughs> oh uh, my God, I love talking to you. I love it so much. It's been <laughs> I gotta a long remember, time. Since... I know <laughs> it has been, um, but you're well and you're you're out of uh, out of. So, what is COVID like in Guatemala? Is is there a a big um, problem with that there too? It's kind of hard to tell at this point. Um, mm-hmm. They a lot of the villages stopped reporting it. Um, because they weren't they weren't getting any uh, assistance by reporting oh. the numbers. Yeah. In fact, they're they're being hurt more because they're being forced to shut down and well. uh, do things they didn't want to do. So mm-hmm. a lot of the villages are re- reporting. Um, I think like everyone else, this new variant is is seems to be more easily uh, transmitted. I, mm-hmm. I did hear of a couple of people here in our village who contracted it this week but mm. um yeah i think they're they always go back and forth here but the guatemalan government is at this point in time saying that they're going to restrict travel to here uh, unless mm. you've had a vaccine um, mm-hmm. so we'll see if that actually plays out or not mm-hmm. are you still allowed to leave and come back or yeah i went i've actually uh, in 2021, I went back to the U.S. three times for mm-hmm. um, four different work contracts. So I've been back mm-hmm. and forth quite a number of times this past year. Um, okay. So yeah. Okay. It's, All right. It's not as easy as it used to be, but yeah, it's yeah, uh, it's doable. Yeah. Well, I I I thank you so much for for coming today. Thank you for giving us your wisdom and your light and. It's, it's just, I can feel it through Zoom. I can feel it. 
And I'm thankful to all of us, all of the gods who came together from whatever genre to keep our Zoom going today. Yes. Yes. This was a big gift and we appreciate it. So, so Jeremy, um, are there places that people can connect with you if they want to hear more about spiritual spirituality or inner peace or anything else you're doing on social media? Uh, where could people yes, find on, you? I'm on Instagram. Um, I'm on Facebook. Um, where I, I think that's pretty much all I do at this point. Um, okay. But I, um, I don't even remember my Instagram. I, let me look it up. <laughs> well, you don't, so have to, you don't have to look it up. You're going to send it to I'll me. I'll send it to you. You'll send it yes. to me. And then I will post it on the show page. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> okay. So you can connect I will with send Jeremy. That today. He will send it today. Yes. <laughs> I will do that. I have yes, homework for the first you time in a work. long time. That's right. And and I may not fire you or kick you out, but <laughs> you will always you will always be in my life, Jeremy. Always. So I want to thank you honestly for honoring us with your faith journey story. Thank you so very, very much. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. And I want to thank my listeners for coming back each week, supporting, sharing, and subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to see more information and links to connect with Jeremy, check back later today with the Gay With God show page at empoweredmidge.podbean.com. If you are questioning whether you can be gay and be in a relationship with the God of your understanding, if you are authentically gay, God has always been within you, even when you didn't know it. You have always been gay with God. Thank you, everybody. See you next week. Stay tuned to hear how you can join the Gay with God community and check us out on the Facebook group, Gay with God. See you next week. Bye, everybody. I want to invite you to become a part of the Gay with God community. How can you do that? Stay connected by messaging me your thoughts and comments in the comment section under the downloads of the show on the Gay with God show page. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen and share, share, share so we can increase our community outreach and be a light to those who are struggling to claim their faith. Consider being a sponsor so I can highlight your service in our community. We are all worthy of respect and a relationship with the God of our understanding. I want to thank you in advance for supporting this podcast. Together, we as a community will keep this show visible and our community stronger. Deep gratitude to my friend Tim McClendon of Tim McClendon Music for allowing me to use an excerpt from Interlude 4, a song found on his CD entitled Sundance.